Today on Locked On Red Wings, our top three reasons why Detroit might not make the playoffs. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast, while Scotty's the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Um, and today's episode is brought to you uh, by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you pur- purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of antibiotics to treat over 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. On uh, today's episode, Scotty, you and I are going to kind of do a follow-up on yesterday's episode in which we gave you our, you, the listener, our top three reasons why the Red Wings might make the playoffs. That was top three reasons for Scotty and top three reasons for myself. So it was actually anywhere between three and six, depending on if there were any overlap. But, you know, we did top three because that just sounds better. We're going to do the same thing again today, but this time, I guess you could say it's the more skeptical episode. The top three reasons why Detroit may miss the playoffs. Any shortcomings this team may have, roadblocks, whatever you may call it. So it's going to be a less fun episode, pointing out this team's potential flaws and roadblocks. But I think it's only fair that we do this as well, considering we did one yesterday, that they might make the playoffs. Scotty, um, where do you want to begin? Do you want to lead off this episode? We'll kind of just do the same format we did yesterday. Sure, I'm chill with that. I, I think, yeah, part of me, you know, when I was brainstorming how I wanted to attack this, part of me just found myself kind of being like, well, like, if the three I said yesterday don't happen. <laughs> but but I, I feel like that's not 100% true either. Like, I, I feel like there is you know, routes to where uh, the things that could happen yesterday could still happen and the Wings could still miss the playoffs or they don't happen and the Wings could still have a really good year, or at least, you know, make the, the you know, March and April competitive. Like, I, I do think that we had a pretty good list on yesterday's show and I wanted to really, like, veer away from just doing like, oh, well, you know, if, Raymond and Debrinket like stink like that's yeah. you know like that that's kind of just like the opposite of what we said yesterday um and, and I, I think the place where I want to start is the blue line oh you know like we the last two years there's been so much turnover on this blue line this season will be my second full season at at, at Blah, blah, blah. My second full season with Locked On Wings, but my third season in total, right? Like I, I joined, it was the weird COVID year and whatnot when I first got on here with Nolan. And like the amount of turnover on this blue line in just my tenure here is absurd. Like it, it's it's insanity, you know, like it, it's it's a constant just the, the, the bottom falls out and they replace it with other players. And then those players rise up like there's almost like none of the same people even from 12 months ago outside of cider. Nonetheless, you know, you start looking at like two seasons ago. So like, I think that the blue line is, is a very, very interesting place to start with so many new faces and and so many people who are not long-term wings yet. 
I think that there is, and you know, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but I think that there is a realm of possibility where Wallman maybe plateaus and and doesn't take another step forward. Not that he's a liability out there, but he is. You're kind of looking at him after the season. You're like, okay, maybe he's not a top pair D man. And then, like more importantly, even if Wallman's great and the top pair's great, that depth is it's better than it has been over the last two years. But it's far from like a guarantee. You know, like Ghost has had ups and downs in his career for as much as we love and we're excited about the signing. He's had a lot of peaks and valleys. You, you talk about like the role that like Olimata and, and and Jeff Petrie are like really going to take on. Uh, I, I mean, like goodness, we, we've talked about really all of these people at length and, and we've talked about the ceilings and the floors. And I, I just, I feel like, the depth is the best it's been since I've been here, and it's the best it's been in, in probably years. Um, but that doesn't mean that the top-end production is necessarily guaranteed. And I feel like there is a realm of possibility where you don't like putting your third pair out there, right? Like, I don't think that that's a ridiculous thing that could happen, where the third pair is just like, oh my goodness, you know, we're paying between these two guys, like whoever it ends up being down there, like $10 million. And we were afraid to put them on the ice. And, you know, the second pair is kind of a revolving door. And I don't know. I, I, I like the blue line. I like where it stands. I think it's going to be solid, but I, if they were to have like a really bad year, I think that it's in the realm of possibility that that's one of the reasons why. Yeah. This is one that I also had as well, Scotty. Uh, This is the first time we've actually completely overlapped on one uh, in these two episodes. And, it kind of in a similar vein as you, we talk a lot about how the defense has without a doubt better, uh, at least on paper than it was last year. Um, But that that's hard bar, not to clear because it's basically that bar is basically on the floor. So you filled your roster and committed a ton of money to a bunch of veterans um, who may or may not just be a collection of bottom pair defensemen in the end. That's the worst case scenario. And that is why, you know, while the defensive depth is better for sure, like you have probably mostly everyday NHLers right. on your lineup. You now. have seven NHL defensemen, which is more than you've been able to say in maybe seven years. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you suddenly have like a Stanley Cup playoff right. caliber defensive core. So you've gone from having three guys who are AHL caliber slash seventh D men to having you know, six guys, five guys outside of Wallman Insider, because I'm not going to include them in this conversation. I think both of those guys are legit that are maybe at best bottom pair defensemen on Stanley Cup playoff teams. Right. That doesn't also inspire a lot of hope. Like that's the worst case scenario, right? Like that's everything that everyone who's been critical about this defensive blue line build, defensive blue line, that's an oxymoron. Uh, this blue line build has said is that, yeah, this defense is, you know, a lot better, but it's, filled with a bunch of bloated mediocre contracts and mediocre players players past their prime so the worst case scenario is that all of those you know criticisms from national pundits is accurate and that every single player on this blue line sans Wolman insider is a bottom pair defenseman so you're still going to get walked in most games right like I said better still but worst case scenario is that you know you filled your team your defensive you filled your blue line with bloated contracts and mediocre players. Yeah, I, I think that I think that you articulated it better than than I did. I, I think that the the 
you can get better and, and you can you can be objectively better than you were and still be nowhere close to a playoff caliber blue line. And, yeah. I, and I think that that is uh, something that is, uh, again, not something that I'm banking on or that I think is going to happen, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility for sure. Yeah, I mean, you look at it and everyone, Justin Hall, that was a contract red flag for a lot of people out there. You gave him a lot of money for a lot of three years and he was a pariah in Toronto. He had a God awful playoffs and you can't deny that. I will defend that contract. I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. I won't defend the contract. I still think it's like Ben Shroud. I think it's too much money for too many years, but I will defend the signing because in the regular season, his numbers looked pretty solid. And I think he played too big of a role in Toronto, play much more mitigated role here in Detroit. So I think he'll be fine. But worst case scenario, he is as bad as everyone says he is. Ben Sherratt, we already know what he is, and it's not great. And he's paid too much money for too many years. Uh, Jeff Petrie has been solid his entire career, but he's on the older end. Like, you could see a, a future where he is, continues to regress. Uh, Oli Mata had a great year last year up until he had uh, Mono. So you could see he regresses back to his mean, which is a bottom pair defenseman, defensive defenseman, still solid. And then Shane goes to spare, like you said. Like, could he's had ups and downs in his career? What if this is a down year? So that's why, like, this is one of my reasons why they could miss the playoffs. If this defensive core just hits worst-case scenario in a lot of different ways, it, it, it could go, you know, but ass up. You know, <laughs> I don't want to say the alternative outside. But it could go, it could no, go I, poorly. I think you're right, though. I, but, I mean, obviously, we agree on the take, but, like, I, I think that, I think that you articulated it well. Like that, it's just something that it's 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 better than it was. No one's going to deny it's better than it was. But there, there's a difference between being better than it's been the last two years and being playoff caliber. Like that's a that's a pretty big gap between those two bars. Yeah, but in the end, again, like we're going to say at the end of every single one of these conversations, these are hypotheticals. And uh, I don't these, think this that's going to happen. But. It's not going to be that bad. But if it if the Red Wings are doing this playoffs, I think the de- defense not living up to expectations yeah. is going to be a big part of it. Yeah, it's it's possible, but it's not a prediction. Yeah. It'll probably be somewhere. It'll probably be a fine blue line. I think it'll be decent. All right. Got to take a quick break and talk to you guys today about Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKDOWN at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about the top three reasons why they might, the Red Wings, that is, might miss the playoffs in this upcoming season. Uh, We both ended up having the same first reason, which is if the defense doesn't live up to expectations or the defense just craps the bet. Uh, Scotty, I guess I'll lead off here in segment two with another reason. Um, And this one is going to be kind of something that you mentioned as a kind of a flip on what you mentioned yesterday, goaltending. I, I, if this team, (laughs) and they, they kind of are married together too, when you think about it, 
you know, if the defense is bad, it's going to put a lot more pressure on the goaltending. And the goaltending last year did not inspire a lot of hope. Red Wings haven't had a goaltender I could have faith in since Jonathan Bernier, which is saying something that Bernier was a goalie that, you know, I had faith in. Because he's not like, he was solid in his tenure here with Detroit, but he wasn't like a start, a solid starting goalie. Think about the fact that we haven't had a consistent starting goalie since Jimmy Howard. And people were already down on Jimmy Howard, especially at the end of his tenure, because I know he was injured plenty at the end of his tenure, which affected his play. But, you know, across his career, he was a really consistent goaltender, and I will defend him until my dying breath. Um, but that's a tangent. That's a different topic for a different day. Billy Husso had a bad year last year. He was a goaltender that the Red Wings took up off, uh, took from St. Louis. Yeah. Second half of the last year ended up with bad numbers at the end of the season. And he was a goalie. The Red Wings were hoping was not a product of the situation he was in in St. Louis, which kind of looked like in the second half of last year, that might be the case. Although again, you know, he hadn't had ever a full year as a starting goalie. He had a lot of pressure on him because he had no guys behind him. Then he played through injury. Yada, yada, yada. In a year poorly. They go out. They sign James Reimer, who had a god-awful year with a very bad San Jose Sharks. But as we have mentioned, and we mentioned yesterday on reasons why this team could be better, career numbers-wise, he has been a very good goalie. Alex Lyon had a solid, like, 14 starts with the Florida Panthers before absolutely just being god-awful in the playoffs. Sergey Bobrovsky saved their postseason. And so when you're looking at this goaltending core, well, they very well may be a reason why this Red Wings team makes the playoffs. If they can, we talk about floors and ceilings, right? I mentioned it on yesterday's episode. Goaltending is one of those things, one of those areas where their ceiling can be up here and be really good, but their floor is down here. It could go anywhere in between. The really true good goaltending groups, goaltending cores, are where you know that floor and ceiling are like really close together because you know exactly what you're going to get. Look at Boston, well, even, for instance. You even- know what? high floors like yeah. you know what i mean like the best goaltending tandems the, the ceiling doesn't even matter like it's just like every single night you know you're gonna get okay like worst case scenario this dude's given up four like at worst you know what i mean like that's no matter who's in net like that's the the floor matters a lot for those duos i mean look at boston old mark and swayman you know either of those guys are in net on any given night you're gonna get a good performance like yeah. that's a, that's a situation where the floor is really high the floor of the Detroit Red Wings goaltending, much like it is with the defense, is pretty dang low. I mean, if if James Reimer cannot bounce back to what his career numbers are, if age is truly showing, and that's a big reason why his numbers were so bad last year, then it's going to go a lot on Vili Husso again. And Vili Husso, you know, he could still, you know, take that step forward and prove that last year was just a workload issue and an injury issue. He could put together a good season. But without the track record of having seen that and knowing that for sure, I can't see with confidence that's going to be the case. Alex Lyon, he had 15 good games in the regular season, but that's a small sample size. And across his career, he's only made spot starts in the NHL. So there's a big question mark still with this goaltending on where the floor is compared to where the ceiling is. So while they very well may be a reason why they make the playoffs, if James Reimer regresses back to his mean of being a solid 900, 905 save percentage goalie, like I was saying yesterday. And Vili Husso proves that the second half of last season just had to do with a workload he wasn't used to and injuries piling up. Then, I mean, this this could just turn out to be a bad year with a bad goaltending tandem. And then you start really worrying 
about the future of this franchise if they can't find a good netminder. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm in lockstep with that. Obviously, you know, we talked about that a lot yesterday, so I don't have too much more to add. But I, I, I do. I mean, obviously, that that's a huge thing. If 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 you had to put, you know, like what is the single biggest question mark on this hockey team going into the season? I think it would be the goaltending. So, like, I, I think it's a fair thing to have on. You know what I mean? Like on both of these lists, like it's either going to be the reason that they have a good year or or. The you know could very much be one of the biggest bigger reasons why they don't have a good year. There's a lot of variance to your point with floors and ceilings. Absolutely. Um, what do you got? Yeah. So my next one is going to be uh, from a positional group. Um, it's going to be the performance from the down the middle from the centers this oh, season. Centers. Uh, that's I, I look man like I I like. The Comfort Edition. I was like the big Andrew Comp defender last year. Like I, I, you know, Larkin's my captain, right? Like I, I'm, I'm a supporter of all these guys. But at the end of the day, like you look at the best teams in the league. You look at even not even like the sole, you know, just best like Stanley Stanley Cup contenders. Like you even look at just solid, solidified playoff teams. They are all strong up the middle. All of them are strong mm-hmm. up the middle, and. While I, again, I, I like what they did this off season. I think they're going to be better and stronger and, and deeper up the middle than they have been in years. Oh my goodness. I, I remember again, like dating back to the beginning, like one of the first like big blowups Nolan and I had back in the day was like about how shallow we were at the center position. I remember you and I very early on in, in you know, like you and I being the co-host of the show consistently, we're talking about how shallow this team, like that has been an issue for like years and years and years. And two so, years ago, Pew Suter was your two seat. Right, exactly. So like I, I, it's the strongest it's been up the middle, but that doesn't mean that you have the, the, I mean, honestly, depth, we, we don't know, not that like a four C is going to make or break your, um your playoff chances, but like you don't really, you don't have a guarantee there. Like right now we're talking about Valeno, but we've expressed our concerns about him. Uh, or like maybe it's a rookie. You're certainly not going to bank your playoff hopes on a fourth line, like center rookie, if that ends up being the case or whatever you slide in Rasmussen, et cetera, whatever happens down there happens. But like my, my point is while you're deeper there and stronger there than you have been, there's, you know, there's still a lot of people in this own fan base that say like Larkin's not a one C on a, like solidified deep playoff team. There's still plenty of people uh, that have concerns about like, is there a legitimate two seat on a like legitimate playoff team on this roster right now? Right? Like th- there's an argument that on a, on a really, really good team that Comfer and, and cop are either wingers or are like third and fourth line centers and not like a solidified two. like that. There are still concerns about how strong you are up the middle and, I think that uh, there again, there is a possibility that if we don't take that big step forward and at the end of the year, we're wondering why that that could be one of the reasons. Yeah. I mean, that's a very fair one and I don't have that one. And I kind of wish I did. That's a great one because you're right. You know, best case situation, you have a bona fide one C and Dylan Larkin. You have JT Comfer and Andrew Kopp, both and hell, even Marco Casper, you have three guys fighting it out for two C because they all look like legitimate two C's. And then Joe Valeno somewhere in the mix. Like that's the best case scenario, but the worst case scenario, if is that exactly like you said, I don't, I mean, Larkin's one C regardless. I think even a worst yeah. case scenario, Larkin's one C, right? I think he's Correct. earned that. 
I'm not worried about him. But you're right. You it could be looking at a situation where Cop and Comper prove that they should be wingers instead, or are at best three C's. And then Valeno looks like he's not NHL level talent, and Casper's not ready for the NHL. And so then you're shrugging your shoulders, going, "Well, now we have to just have a carousel of centers, so we have no one who can really perform the task." That's the worst case scenario, and that is very good reason why this team could miss the playoffs if our centers don't look like centers. Right? Yeah, but- man. And you know, like they they'll have other areas to impact the game. I I don't think it'll be a complete dumpster fire, but um, and like I, I don't like. You know, like there's a reason that like none of my three are going to be like, oh, just like health, because like, you could say that about like kind of any team ever. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, knock on wood, you know, it's September. We're not even close to the season started. But like if one of those guys go down, you're again, you're in the same position. Like we're talking about performance, obviously, but like you're you're one injury away from <laughs> from being in a in a like this, a similar boat where your center depth is just kind of completely evaporated. So I I think it's um it's. It's I I I don't think that it's going to be a complete dumpster fire, but like I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, and I don't think that it's like a very far fetched idea either. Yeah, again, like I said at the end of segment one, and I'm saying again here at segment end of segment two, these are all hypotheticals, worst case scenarios yeah. as to why the Detroit Red Wings could not miss predictions, the not predictions. Truth is, it'll probably be somewhere in the middle between best case and worst case scenario. But if they do Always miss the is. playoffs. These could be major factors. Why? Because they are still question marks on this team. Um, And we won't know for sure until the season starts. When we come back on segment three, we're going to give you our final reasons why we think the Detroit Runnings, if they miss the playoffs, these might be the reasons why. So stay tuned to Locked On Red Wings. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty, it's all right with you. I want to go last here because I think my final reason why if the Red Wings miss the playoffs, this will be probably the most realistic reason as to why. So I'm going to let you go first here. I want to save mine for last. Sure. Yeah, of course, man. Um, okay. So my next one is not a, as specific uh, of a positional group as um, as like my last one where I just said the center position, but uh, I am going to kind of group some people together. I'm just going to go with strictly the production from your top six as a whole uh like on yesterday's show you know we talked about how one of the reasons why this team will make the playoffs is because of depth scoring and I think that everybody I'm gonna say objectively if there's someone that disagrees with it I'd be pretty surprised but like I I feel very strongly that pretty much we're all in the same boat that the depth got a lot better right they went out in free agency they, they raised the floor of the third and fourth liners, and that's awesome. And that's something that every good competitive team is. They're, they're, there's depth, and uh, I think they improved their depth scoring, right? Uh, but I think that to be a legitimate playoff team and a legitimate contender, depth is, is a necessity, but that top-end talent is just as much of a necessity. You don't see too many teams that even the teams that are that are extremely deep. And we talk about you know like the Vegases and and, and uh, like Carolina and like these teams that are like super deep and like oh that's the why they're so good. Like they still have incredible like top end production from their top six and and from their best players there. You know if you just want to s- single out the top line as well. Like so you know I I don't just want to do like oh it's all on 
Dabrinkit and Raymond's shoulders, but like the the entire top six, it doesn't matter if, if you're raising the goal production at all six bottom six positions. If if you can if you add you know three to five goals from like all six of those, that's great and that's awesome. You're, you're adding you know a, a, a very very solid amount of goals onto your season total, but you're going to need that top end. The dudes that are on the ice the most and that you're paying the most and that you're leaning on the most need to produce. So I, I think that the depth is awesome. It's something that we asked for and it's something that we got mm-hmm. and we're going to keep celebrating it and praising it. Um, but uh, but you need the top end production to be a legitimate solidified team. And so I think for me, not even singling out one individual player you need to raise the goal scoring and the goal production from your top six, which last year was a huge problem. Yeah. I mean, it needs to lead the charge, right? Like these are the guys who are getting the most ice time. So it makes sense that they have to score the most goals. Right. And it I was mean, a big issue last year as a whole. Like you mentioned, we're very pleased with the, the additions that Steve Eiserman has made to this entire roster. I mean, we, again, I, I think once a segment now I've mentioned the floors and the ceilings, right. but as a whole, he's raised the floor of this Detroit Red Wings team by adding to this depth the way he has. He's upgraded every positional group and every single, you know, every single line up and down this roster from last season. But like to your to your credit, Scotty, if that top six forward core doesn't produce more goals than it did last year, then they're not going to go anywhere because well, we will get more goals out of our bottom six, and I firmly believe that because the bottom six is way better. That top six has to, you know, double. That might be a hyperbole. I don't actually know. It's like double what the goal scoring is going to be in the bottom six if this team has a hope of making the playoffs. Well, just think of the so, additions. Yeah. That like yeah. it's almost a completely new bottom six. We it, well, oh, that's yeah. probably a little bit of exaggeration, but like they they got a lot of new names, I mean, right? A lot. You got Fabry, Valeno, Rasmussen. Right. That, those were the names that came to my mind too. But like, I mean, even your, your 13th is new, right? Like you, I mean, you have, you, you really did address the, the depth a lot, a high, in a high percentage way. Whereas the top six outside of Debrinket is, is kind of the same. So like you, you, you know, one guy, certainly you're going to rely on him to get a lot of goals. We talked about that yesterday, but you, you need the top six as a whole to take a step forward and you need really a, dare I say all, but like you need a a lot of those guys to get to score more as well. You can't just get all of your, your goals score, your goals from the additions you made in depth and then to bring it. So absolutely. Scotty, let's move on to my final reason why I think the Detroit, if the Detroit, let me start that over. Nailed it. Let me get to my final reason why if the Detroit Red Wings miss the playoffs, it will be because this Atlantic division is stacked. It's a good one. I almost had that for yesterday, actually. I, it was almost one of mine was like, but I didn't want to, I feel like that was a negative twist for yesterday. If I was like, oh, it doesn't matter how good we do. One of the four needs to fall, right? Like, so I, I didn't end up doing it for yesterday, but I, I think it's totally fair and honestly fits better for today. Yeah. I mean, the Red Wings and, you know, we've, we've talked about possible flaws and roadblocks this team might have if things don't work out as intended. But one thing that is probably more surefire than any other thing in this conversation we've had is how good this Atlantic division is. Sure, Boston with the loss of Krejci and 
Bergeron may fall, but they still have the best goaltending tandem in the league. They still have Pasternak and Marchand. They still have, you know, the guys in the back end that make them so lethal. You know, Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't think got any worse this offseason. They added a bunch of grit. Uh, we'll see how that plays out and mixed with the finesse that they have on their roster. Tampa Bay, another year older, but still very much Tampa Bay. Braden Point hit 100 points this last year. So, you know, he's stepping up as the team gets older and trying to and taking over the production element. The Florida Panthers made the play, playoffs by one point and then made it to the Stanley Cup final. I think that they're probably a threat to finish in the divisional race. The Buffalo Sabres missed the playoffs by one point last year after exploding with, I think, the third most goal scoring in the league, leveled out by the fact that they gave up, I think, the third worst goals against yeah. in the league. They had no defense and no goaltending, but they're the very real young threat. And the Ottawa Senators, you're, you're lockstep with them as well in terms yeah. of taking a step forward in your rebuild. Yeah, they lost to Brinkett, but they replaced him with Tarasenko. Stutzla's, you know, a real thing. Josh Norris is good. Jake Sanderson is good. Um, Claude Giroux is the ever-consistent. Brady Kachuk's really good. Like, the big, their big question mark as well is their goaltending isn't very good either. So there are – this team, this division is seven teams deep. And so if you're going to miss the playoffs, it's because you couldn't beat out one of these other teams. And that's a very real – possibility i mean the red wings improved six points over the 21 22 season to the 22 23 season but finished a spot lower in the divisional standings that's how tough this division is so again if the red wings are going to miss a miss the miss the playoffs it's going to be because this division just won't give us a break i agree i don't even really have too much to add i i think that that's just kind of an over looming thing surrounding the wings going forward uh you know like even beyond this year it's just gonna be you know like how how much like that they're gonna have to break through like that's you know what i mean like they that there's not gonna be some like oh we we trip and fall our way into the postseason like that's not happening you know like they they are going to have to to with authority break through into the top half of this division and replace one of those teams going forward, like solidify themselves as one of those teams going forward, one of those top four teams. And um, I, I, yeah, I I really don't have a rebuttal to it. That that's certainly, uh, I don't know if concerns the right word. Cause like, you know, we can only control what we can control. Like, (laughs) right. Like not, not, uh, not nothing we can really do about it. If they're all winning a bunch of games, you can beat them in head to head. It's about as much as you can do. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you're going to have to, to firmly break through. And, and uh, I I don't want to say like, Oh, you better hope that someone falls. Like, I I don't really want to subscribe to that mindset. Like, Oh, the wings can only be good if one of those four teams is bad. Um, But you you best win a lot of games <laughs> if uh, if you want to sneak in there without one of those teams falling off. I mean, we talked a lot about your worst case scenarios with these other options as to why they might miss, but I don't even think it has to be a worst case scenario. Like, I, it's just reality that this division is tough. Yeah, like you could you could go five hundred in this division alone and still miss the playoffs just because it, it everyone else is going to go five hundred or better. And, you know, win a bunch of other games. Red Wings had an above 500 record against the Western Conference last year. It was Eastern Conference in their own division that threw them fits. And that's because the division is stacked. I mean, 
I mean, the Boston Bruins aren't going to get 135 points again and have an 8-2-3 points percentage, but it's going to be it's going to be uh, interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch. <laughs> All right, Scotty, do you have any final thoughts? Um, we ball. We do ball. Happy game day, by the way. Happy game day, baby. Now today is the first day of the prospects tournament. So tune in to the Red Wings Twitter page, Hockey X page, YouTube so page, bad. Facebook page to watch the prospects. I'm tournament. thinking um, we're back. I'm thinking we're back. <laughs> it's funny. We're going to say we're back like three different times. It's going to be the start of this training camp yeah. next week, preseason, and then the actual regular season. We're going to be like, we're back. We're probably going to say um, it like 50 times, but yeah. <laughs> we got to get that graph. Like it's we're back. We're back right. for real. It's we're so back. <laughs> Um, also apparently I don't, I'm just seeing this on cat friendly. I don't know when this happened, but the Red Wings signed a guy by the name of Cameron Hillis to a professional tryout. Nice. Um, I don't know if it's been reported yet. We're recording this at six 40 on a Wednesday. Sorry. I forgot what day it was. Um, but he's mostly AHL ECHL guy. He played one NHL game with the Montreal Canadians two years ago. So he's got a PTO with the Red Wings. Good for him. Sick. Don't know who he is. Uh, <laughs> okay, we ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Bye. Game recap. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Shut up. That's my thing. Every day.